one chapter, one term, a little bit different. Let me encourage you that as I uh, prepare, uh, as I listen and read various uh, different things, it's really having a a really striking and uh, profound effect on me uh, as a Christian uh, studying uh, in detail these uh, things, and I trust that it will for us all. Now, today I'm going to read the beginning of the chapter and the end, just to give us a little bit of a flavor of what it's saying. So, Romans 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. And then turn uh, over the page to verse 31. Uh, Verse uh, 31 takes us right forward to uh, the judgment uh, of the last day when we face the Lord Jesus. And uh, the the prosecuting counsel, if you like, calls out, What then shall we say, verse 31, to these things? If God is for me, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously Give us all things. So who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword. As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long, and we are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Well, let's pray for God's help. Our Father, these uh, are uh, marvelous words that we are reading, marvelous truths that we are going to study. And we pray, Lord, that you would speak clearly to each of our minds and hearts, that we understand and live them out in our lives. And Lord, whether we are in Christ Jesus, Christians, or whether we are not yet in Christ Jesus, speak to us all. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Now, what is the purpose of this uh, chapter in Romans, chapter 8? It is that you and I, as Christians, might have assurance. Just look with me at the two bookends in the chapter. Firstly, verse 1, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Verse 38, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. These are the two bookends of the chapter. The purpose of this chapter is assurance for the Christian. And what that means, if you are sitting here this morning and you are a Christian, and Paul defines that as you being in Christ Jesus, if that is you here this morning, and we'll define exactly what these terms mean, if you are sitting here in Christ Jesus, whatever your circumstances whatever you are experiencing in your life at this moment, whatever sin, for example, is filling your mind and heart with guilt, whatever sickness you or somebody that you love is experiencing, however much your heart and your mind is asking the question, why? Irrespective of all of that, and to give comfort into all of that. The purpose of Romans 8 is to say, there is for you now no condemnation in Christ Jesus. And the love of God is inseparable and strong and covenantal and unconditional for you in Christ Jesus. Now, what is it that shakes our confidence such that we need Romans 8. Why not simply verses 1 and verses 31? Why not simply the book ends? Why not simply say to you, there is no condemnation and the love of God for you is inseparable? Because we doubt. Why do we doubt? Well, for one thing, the ongoing battle and struggle that we have with sin. Why do I keep on struggling with sin? Why do I keep on struggling if I've been set free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death? That's what verses 2 and 3 said. You've been set free, liberated. My chains are gone. Set free from the law of sin and death. And yet, every day, I seem to struggle on with sin. Why? Does it mean... Does it mean that I still face condemnation. Sin robs us of assurance, and so does suffering for the sake of the gospel. The pressure that comes from being a Christian, it is hard to live for the Lord Jesus. It is hard to stand up against the tide because of our gospel convictions. And sometimes when it's hard, we begin to ask questions and conclude that, do we really face no condemnation? Is it true? Is it really true that we've been set free? Is it really true, as Romans reminds us, that we have, if we are Christians, the most wonderful stuff in our life? Is it true? It's not what it seems like or feels like. And uh, 
perhaps above all else, what robs us of assurance, the greatest challenge to us is sickness and death. Someone you love very dearly gets sick and they die, sometimes tragically young. Or you get sick and die. And you will. And it seems like God is against us. It feels like God is against us. And in the dark night of your soul, you cry out, why? Why? Surely God is against me. How can he love me? There are times when we all, well, all we can do is cry out, why? Now, Romans 8 faces up to these hard questions and answer them. So, Romans 8 says this to us. I still sin. And I feel like Paul does in Romans 7, what a wretched man that I am. Think of the, think of the darkest sin in your mind or heart over the past week. If you're married... Would you want your spouse to know? The person closest to you? Why is it that I sin like that? Romans 8, 1 says to us, well, I'll deal with why you still sin in verse 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, and 8, and how you're going to deal with that sin. But I want to tell you first, there is therefore now no condemnation for you. Don't default to think that that cloud of judgment is still hovering over your head. It's not. Or if you are sick and dying, as some of you are in this room, soon. Do not ever think that verse 1 is not true. There is no condemnation. Now, let me encourage you that uh, Christian faith is real. This is not some kind of abstract theoretical approach to reconciling the realities of life with Christian faith. This is real, it is honest, it is visceral, it is practical, it is tangible, it cuts straight into the reality, the grist to the mill, the valleys, the ups, the downs of life. That whatever you face, even if your life, humanly speaking, is one of those lives that is full of tough stuff, the fact remains that if you are in Christ Jesus, there is for you no condemnation and absolute love. Now, we need to take our time as we work through Romans that we might come to believe that with all our hearts and minds. Assurance for us as Christians. Now, that's what Romans 8 is uh, all about. Now, for the time we have left this morning, I want to focus just on verse 1 and explain to us exactly what Paul is saying 
and then try to apply it to our lives. And you'll see on the service sheet that I've uh, taken the verse apart bit by bit, and uh, we'll try and put it together again. Firstly, no condemnation. One of the things that uh, we'll do when we study Romans chapter 8 is we'll understand what these Bible phrases mean, like no condemnation, or like the law. What does that really mean exactly? No condemnation. What does it mean? No condemnation means that the just sentence of a holy God on every human being, the sentence condemned The sentence condemned to an eternity in hell is changed to not condemned. Guilty is changed to not guilty. Forsaken to forgiven. That's what no condemnation means. Why is it that a kind of audible silence descends on a group like this when you speak of these things, because one cannot be on any more serious ground. To be condemned is to be condemned to an eternity in hell. Millions of years in hell. Condemned is the verdict on every person unless they trust in Jesus. But for those who do, Paul writes, there is no condemnation. There is not guilty. There is the verdict of pardoned an eternity in a new and a perfect creation. We're going to sing later on Wesley's marvelous words, No condemnation now I dread, Jesus and all in him is mine, alive in him my living head and clothed in righteousness divine. Listen to the first line, No condemnation now I what? Dread. Condemnation is to be dreaded, not contemplated, dreaded. To be a Christian is no longer to dread condemnation. Now, the other side of that coin is that no condemnation is a wonderful and a glorious fact. To grasp the fact, the truth, the significance, the eternal significance of no condemnation will flood our hearts and minds with assurance and a depth of thanksgiving that liberates us to live in this life all for Jesus. And whether you are a glass half full or a glass half empty person, whether you are a naturally effusive person, whether you are the kind of person that sings and can it be with luster in your voice or not, it does not matter These kind of truths in Romans should invade our minds and hearts, whatever our psychological makeup or emotion, with deep joy and thanksgiving. After all, if condemnation means a million years in hell, no condemnation 
should lead you to leave this place this morning like me and do anything and everything you can in this life for the gospel and for the Lord Jesus. And fall to your knees before Jesus and thank him with all your heart. Now, I suspect that some of you are thinking of people you know and love who are not Christians. Folks very close to you. You plead with God for their salvation. But what I can say to you as your minister and your pastor is I bear that pain with you. And we entrust them to God's grace and mercy that he will open their hearts to the gospel. And our assurance and confidence is that he did it for us. No condemnation. How? How on earth can you and I be sitting here this morning with no condemnation? How is that possible? How has it happened? Well, the three words at the beginning of verse 1 are the key. Paul writes, there is therefore. There is therefore. And with these three words, he encapsulates all that he has said thus far in Romans, the logic of the truth of the gospel that leads him to say, there is therefore now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Now here is the logic of the gospel. A holy God and sinful humanity and the wrath and the judgment of God on that sinful humanity. It is an impossible problem for no one, no human being, is righteous in God's sight, and there is no way or nothing we can do to get righteous in God's sight, however hard we try. And therefore, we stand condemned and helpless and hopeless, were it not for the fact that God sent His Son, His sinless Son, to be a perfect Savior and condemned our sin in his flesh, that we might be free. So how can you and I sit here this morning with no condemnation? Here am I. Here are you, a sinner, with condemnation on your head. Whatever I do, however hard I try, however religious I am. I cannot do enough to cause God, even if God were to want to do so, to look over my sin and welcome me into an eternal perfect glory with him. But this man, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, sinless came into this world, and God condemned sin in him, my sin and your sin, that we might be free. So how can you and I have no condemnation by turning to him and trusting in him and receiving from him his righteousness and his status and God's spirit now living in me There is therefore now no condemnation. Now let me focus on that little word, now. 
What exactly does Paul, the writer, have in mind? Now, from the wider context, it has a number of connotations. Firstly, let me suggest to us it means finally now. There is therefore finally, at long last, now no condemnation. Look at verse 3. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do by sending his own son in the likeness of human flesh. And for sin, he condemned, there's that word condemned, sin in the flesh. And uh, Paul's point, I think, is that for years and for centuries, the law could not remove condemnation. Rather, it revealed to people that they were under condemnation. And the law, all through the Old Testament, pointed forward to a day when condemnation would be removed. The whole of the Old Testament and all the history it represented pointed to a day when something would be done to remove condemnation from sinful humanity. And that day finally came, finally now, when Jesus came and died to remove condemnation. Finally now. Finally now, but also already now. Look with me again at uh, verses 33 and 34. Paul is talking here about the future and the final judgment when we all stand before the Lord Jesus. So let me be clear on that. The Lord Jesus teaches this consistently, and the apostles do in the letters of the New Testament, that every single person, every single one of us in this room will one day physically stand before the Lord Jesus on judgment day. Me, here, and him there. And that's what verses 33 and 34 are talking about. And the the words of the prosecuting counsel cry out, Who shall bring any charge, verse 33, against God's elect? It is God who justifies, who is to condemn. That's the word again. Christ Jesus is the one who died, more than that, who was raised. Paul's point is that already now we know what that judgment will be like. Now, what he means by that is that think of that day when you stand before the Lord Jesus. Judgment day. The day that will begin the new heavens and the new earth. And as a Christian, you will stand before the Lord Jesus and the prosecuting counsel will say, why should we not condemn them? And God will say, because Christ Jesus has died. And already now, is Paul's point, you know what the verdict of that judgment day will be. Already now, sitting in this room this morning, you know what God will say to you on that day in the future. And that is why you can have now the assurance of no condemnation. I wonder if Romans 8 is beginning to do its job, and we're only in verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation. Finally now Christ has died. Already now you can know the verdict of the final day because Christ has died. Full assurance, eternally safe and secure, no condemnation, no judgment, no eternal hell, rather eternal life. Finally now, already now, 
One more dimension and connotation of now I'd like to touch on what I've referred to on the sheet as right now. Right now in the sense of where you are in life right now as a Christian. So let me ask you directly, are you struggling with sin? Really struggling? Or are you racked by some sense of guilt from some sin in the past? Are there real failures in your life? Well, listen to this. There is, therefore, right now, no condemnation. You may experience God's discipline for sin. You may experience God's displeasure, the consequences. But that in no way changes the fact that you face no condemnation. And you are loved with an everlasting, committed, inseparable covenant love. If you are in some morass of sin here this morning, something that you know grieves the heart of God, you need to address it and deal with it. And we'll learn from Romans 8 how to do that, how to put to death sin in our lives by the power of the Spirit. We'll learn how to fight sin. But do not let your sin consume you with guilt. And do not let that guilt lead your mind to doubt that you face no condemnation. If your sin leads you to doubt that you face no condemnation, and that in turn leads you to deal with that sin so that God will not condemn you, or so that God will once again restore that status of no condemnation to you, if you deal with sin in that way, that will only lead you to despair. We learn this great truth in Romans 8 that you must not, you cannot fight sin as a victim, but only as a victor. You cannot fight sin in order not to be condemned, but because right now you are not condemned. You cannot fight sin in order to get into Christ Jesus. You can only fight sin because you are already in Christ Jesus. Jesus. And Romans 8 will teach us much more about how we are to do that. Romans 8 will make this so habitual to us that when we are lost in some morass of sin or guilt, we will not default, although all that is within us in our sinful flesh that wars with us still will say to you, you must fight sin in order to bring back God's favorable view of you. God says to us, even in the morass of our sin, no condemnation. Fight sin as a victor, not as a victim. Or maybe you are finding the Christian life just really hard, the cost of discipleship just too hard and too tough. Is it really true that you face no condemnation, that you've been set free? Is it really true? Is it really true that this wonderful stuff about the Christian life is true in light of what you, you, you feel or experience or how it seems? It is absolutely true that we face no condemnation. The Christian life is to suffer like Christ 
but the Spirit of Jesus testifies to you no condemnation and eternal glory. And what if your mind is for a loved one, a close friend this morning who is sick and dying? And what if we get sick and die? Or what will we think when we do get sick and when we do die? For we will. Will we conclude that we are under God's condemnation? And what will the devil whisper into your mind and heart? The gospel isn't true. You do face condemnation. Look what's happening to you. God doesn't love you. Maybe some of you are right there in that moment now in pain and fear, and you're thinking of someone else's pain or fear. Well, let the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Jesus, testify to you no condemnation right now. What a marvelous truth that is. If you are sitting here and you are a Christian, that whatever assails you in life at this moment or at any day in the future, whatever it is, however bleak your sin, however grievous it is to your Father, God, however much you suffer sickness and death, there is no condemnation. Now, let me finish with the phrase, in Christ Jesus. There is, therefore, now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. What uh, this means is that not everybody can say, there is, therefore, no condemnation over my life. You see where this is going? You see, every preacher risks every Sunday that people aren't going to come back. And yet the Lord Jesus will say to every preacher one day, why did you just sandpaper the edges of the gospel when you preached all the time? Why didn't you just tell them what I say in my word? Why did you not make it quite clear that there is only no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And you see, if you don't make that clear, what you do as a preacher is you, you belittle and trivialize what Jesus did and what God did. <coughs> what Paul means is that not everybody can say there is therefore now no condemnation. That is a clear and consistent teaching of Scripture not least from the Lord Jesus himself, is that no condemnation is only for those who are in Christ Jesus. Now, what does it mean to be in Christ Jesus? Well, Romans 8 will teach us exactly what it means. For now, let me say this. It means that we have come to Jesus and in faith believed in him, trusted in him as our Savior, knowing that it is in him and through him alone that condemnation is removed. Think back to that uh, picture I painted. Here's me, a sinner, unable to uh, reconcile myself before a holy God. Here is Jesus, made sin for us, perfect without sin, sin condemned, my sin in his flesh. What does it mean to be in Christ Jesus? It means to literally lay hold of him, almost to take Jesus by the shoulders and say, you are my Savior, I will trust in you. 
That's what it means to be in Christ. And when we do that, the Holy Spirit comes into us. And all that stuff at the end of Romans about being heirs with Christ of glory becomes true. And the question, therefore, to us all is, are you in Christ or outside of Christ? Are you in him or outside of him? And we cannot be on any more serious ground than this. If you are not in Christ, then there is always room in Christ. Always. Always room to flee from condemnation to no condemnation. And so he says to you, come to me. Come to me. Believe in me. And receive all that I want to give you. That is now for now no condemnation for you, he wants to say to you, because you are in Christ Jesus. And if you're on the edge of that and you're not sure, talk to me or somebody afterwards. It really matters if you are in Christ Jesus. Then remember, and you'll forget, but remember that whatever grievous sin, whatever opposition, whatever sickness, whatever suffering, Whatever providence God puts in your way, it is only good. It might be bitter or sweet, but only good. Whatever, whatever, whatever every day brings, if you are in Christ Jesus, there is therefore now no condemnation. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the glorious truths of the gospel. We thank you that for those who are in Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation. Help us, Lord, to contemplate all the significance of what that means. And Lord, help us so to be liberated to live in that light not least, to tell others the truth of the gospel, that they might be free. And Lord, if we are not in Christ Jesus yet, or if we are not sure whether or not we are, help us by your Spirit to respond to his invitation to come, to come and to trust him, as our Savior, as the means by which that verdict of condemned can be changed to not condemned, guilty to not guilty, everlasting 
judgment in hell to everlasting life in glory. We pray in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen.